0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Die Desktop Prods TTRPG Podcast. But we're doing something a bit different today, as you can probably tell, because I'm talking. Hi, I'm dead. You got cave here.
1: Hey, I'm the only other member of Die that matters. <laughs> that is utter sarcasm, but like, for this, I'm the only one that matters.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, at time of recording yesterday, Wizards of the Coast, as part of some big fucking press thing they had going on, like, hey, check out all this new Magic Gathering stuff. Dominaria United's happening. Guess what? A johnny has been a bit of the entire time. Holy fuck. That was actually wild, but that'll happen. And they also had a big D&D announcement, specifically one D&D,
1: their next edition, I guess, of Dungeons now, and Dragons. To- just to, like, inform you all of our pedigree and why we're, it's actually worth your time to listen to us, I've been playing D&D since 3.5. I played 2nd edition. I played some 1st edition. I played 4th edition. I have played every edition of D&D, and in every single one of them, I would have people at the tab- table tell me, stop min-maxing. Yes. I, make... I was that guy who would reference books that no one's heard of to build my characters.
0: Yeah, there's a reason I make so many munchkin jokes about, at Caveman's expense.
1: Yeah, I have been a munchkin for a long time. It took me a long time to break out of that mindset. And dead here is the table rules lawyer, as you would know if you've listened to any of uh, Cursed Destiny.
0: Yes, I am what I like to refer to as a systems monkey. Yeah. Where if there is a new system or a new system that I haven't heard of that interests me, I will dive in fucking dick first. Uh, for reference over the last week i have acquired four savage worlds campaign settings and every pathfinder second edition book if there is a new si- if there is a system that me and the group anybody is interested in give me a day and i will have a working knowledge of that system
1: okay gurps and traveler <sighs> Just l- dropping those on you right now <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh I did think- Honestly, we don't need gurps because we have suede. Gurps is a more complicated and convoluted version of suede. I did not so think. We're fine.
0: That saying this would lead my friends to try to weaponize me like this.
1: <laughs> yes. Mostly like traveler is the more more weaponized one, please.
0: Okay. But, yeah. but anyway, Yes, of the, of the four, of the, everyone on the site, I feel like the two of us are the most DME DMs.
1: And, and so, then you're going to get someone commenting, you say to the motherfucker who let someone anime kill a Wyvern, That's not in the rules.
0: Yeah, and then also in the no. rules is... like, it, Rule of cool. Yes. It's a thing. And it always, and anytime anybody talks about it, they always make me sound like an asshole. Even if they are not referring to anything I have ever done. <laughs> because it's always like, okay, I have the rules. I know the rules. And so now I can figure out the cool shit to do in the rules. And then go over to one of the most popular online DMs, name your fucking pick. Like, and they'll just go, and they'll just go like, yeah, it wasn't really in the rules, but I just let them do it. Rules Lurk and go fuck themselves. And I was like,
1: cool. <laughs> yeah. No, I am firmly on the side of try to do stuff within the rules as much as possible and then when you can't, if it's too cool to say no and there's no rule against it. Like, that's my big thing. Is there a rule against what they're doing? If not, then go for it. Because that's where the cool stuff comes in. It's when there is no rule that I'm like, "Mm." alright, we'll make something up for now. Yeah, like, House
0: ruling and stuff, we do it all the time, we do it in Curse Destiny. But like we still use the basis of the rules as written, because if you don't if you don't play with rules like if you sit down why, to if why you sit buy down,
1: the rule book if you don't yeah, want to follow the rules. If you
0: specifically sit down to play fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons and then go, fuck all this, I'm making my own shit. Why sit down to play fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons? and then re- replace that with any other system name.
1: Like, I will never agree with the people who are like, if you want to play a superhero, you have to play a system other than d d Because there's some bullshit that you can pull off in d d that basically makes you, like any marvel character you can make there some are channels wild. devoted to building characters from other narratives which I, I love watching them it's so much fun watching other other people try and min max characters into their uh like i am literally seconds from building a new character and then dead reminded me that we had a call and i was like fuck i can't <laughs> build a character while we're talking because that distracts me too much <laughs>
0: yeah almost every system is Built in such a way that if you just like the system but not the genre, you can very easily reskin it into
1: another genre. D D has rules for sci-fi guns. Yeah, and that's not like and a th- spell jammer. And spell jammer is a thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, and people apparently don't like the new spell jammer. Man, but we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about, We're here to talk about something else that people might not like because one D D. One D and D is the next edition, for lack of a better term, of Dungeons and Dragons, uh, with a new player's handbook slated for release in twenty twenty four. Twenty twenty four, marking the ten year, not marking the tenth year of fifth edition's life.
1: Wow, it's ten years old. I yes, it's much is. younger. No, two
0: thousand fourteen.
1: They really should have released more basic equipment by now. Then. <laughs> Yeah, like, that that was the thing, because, like, cause, like this announcement... that's, that's my biggest hold-up, is that, like, they haven't given us any new basic equipment yet. Like, ten years! Ten years of long swords and studded leather being, like, the best of their tiers. <laughs> yeah, like, I remember,
0: I remember when, like, the, the announcement happened, I was like, wait a minute. Already? Didn't, like, the new source book just drop this week? And I'm like, oh, it's been ten fucking years. And then I go back and look at other editions, and that is the longest a single edition has lasted in D and D. Yeah,
1: uh, I think third and three five or second is like, especially if you count them together, which most people don't, because third edition is fairly different from three five.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so with with this thing, they have released two videos that I'm aware of. Uh, they released their initial reveal trailer, which kind of went over broad strokes what they're going to be doing with like, like what their goal is for 1D&D, which the idea with it is new rule system, which we'll be getting into in a second. Uh, just just kind of like building off of what 5th edition had, streamlining it, and then making some changes that they have either already begun implementing in like backdoor fashion or stuff that players have already been doing their, the entire time.
1: And just so you all know, I'm relatively blind on this. I knew one D&D was a thing. I watched two minutes of another person's video on it. I am pretty much... I don't know what's going on.
0: Yeah, whereas I have Uh, spent the last 24 hours reading over this fucking character origins on Earth Earth Arcana, which is available for free. They released this for free. Dead Ready
1: to to Run! Uh, with what we've got I don't I have no idea what we're going. For. yeah and so yes yeah, so there's the
0: rules then there's d d beyond well, them trying to like make that more of a thing which just we don't really talk about d d beyond in any of our stuff. I'm not a fan of it largely because it's a rules repository that requires a that requires a subscription to be able to have more than six characters and then on top of the subscription requires you to pay like three hundred dollars to have access to the rules.
1: In addition to the physical rule books that you likely already own,
0: yes, because there wasn't a, because at the time there wasn't a way to like bundle that. But they have said going forward that all physical, like one of the like pillars for this thing they're doing is with D and D Beyond bundling physical and digital releases. So if you buy a physical, you get the digital.
1: I still remember the last time D and D did a digital uh, add on to their game, and it robbed me of money after I canceled my subscription. Tight.
0: And speaking of digital, the other thing they're going to be doing is they are working on an officially released virtual tabletop. That'll be cool. Yeah, it's uh, built in Unreal Engine, and their idea with it that they've said is they're going to be releasing it, and it's going to have a bunch of prefab maps and tokens built into it, and then you can take those and shuffle them around and fuck them up and make your own shit out of them.
1: My big question is how much?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And my big question is: Will it be better or worse than Tailspire? Because that's already a thing that name. is out.
1: I remember that name, but I don't.
0: I've talked to you about Tailspire before. Tailspire is basically that. It's a virtual tabletop where you like have a bunch of free prefab assets. Yeah, and can, like, yeah, build them that's, things.
1: I, I, I remember now. I remember. They, now. I was like, "What the fuck is that?" Yeah, I believe. They will are... it be better than Tabletop Simulator? That's my. That's my bare minimum. That's the other thing. Yes. It has to be better than Tabletop Simulator, because Tabletop Simulator is wonderful, but because it's so varied, it's not very good at any one thing. Yes. Like, I love you guys at Tabletop Simulator. I love your Tabletop Simulator, (laughs) but it's too broad strokes, and it requires too much user-end modification to really be great at anything.
0: Yeah. So that is what they have said about their main ideas and pillars and stuff, as they've called it. There's also a one hour video uh, from DD Beyond with Todd Kenrick, kind of their guy, talking to Jeremy Crawford, kind of getting into more detail and asking specific questions about this Unearthed Arcana we're about to go through. And kind of teasing stuff that's to be happening going forward because I think they've said like every month or two they'll be releasing a new Unearthed Arcana about stuff that will be featured in like the one D&D update in 2024. This is all just playtest material that they're going to be just giving out for free. And I think it's all I think it's all going to be released through D&D Beyond, but importantly, you don't need a D&D Beyond thing to get it.
1: My big question is is this supposed to be compatible with 5th edition right now? Currently, yes. Okay, then I do have a metric for what is broken. Yes. Uh... Like fucking Hadozi Flight. Have you seen this shit? <laughs> <laughs> like, I was going to wait until we did another games podcast to talk about this, but fucking Hadozis have, like, the best movement speed in the game.
0: <laughs> the fuck's a Hadozi?
1: it's a spelljammer race and they can glide five feet for every one foot they fall. And it has been clarified that falling does not cost movement. So gliding does not cost movement. So if you can get 30 feet up, you can glide. Uh, what was it? Five to one. So 150 feet in a round. <laughs> oh, and they have a climb speed of 30 feet. So they can move 150 feet every round. It's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, that's even better than the Simic Hybrid.
1: Yeah, it is fucking ridiculous. Yeah, so... And broken as hell.
0: (laughs) Now, let us move into the Unearthed Arcana. I just bumped my mic arm. So, the first Unearthed Arcana they released is Character Origins, which goes over... The new way to build characters featuring everything except your class.
1: Okay. Because so race, background.
0: Yes, uh, Their specific thing. Uh, there are three kind of like pillars for what makes a character in one D and D is race, background, and language.
1: Ooh. See, that's the thing that I've I, ha- I This is something that I really I have a problem with in D D. Is I don't like the language system. Okay. It's weak. It's literally like garbage. Like if you wanna have like if you wanna have like English and Chinese, then you have to basically assign a race to a nationality. Which is garbage. Like I've never liked racial languages in D and D. Uh Which is why I kind of just hand wave it and say, common is this region's primary dialect. If you go to another region, they speak a language you don't recognize. Okay. But, like, it's built into the core rules that you get languages based on races, and I'm like, whatever. (laughs) Like, this is a, it's a, it's a variant that this group speaks. It just doesn't come up very often, because... Unless I'm talking about ancient languages, in which case it's an ancient language that none of you speak and will have to use magic to identify. It's It doesn't matter. Language, language is so unimportant in D&D most of the time. Because you usually have someone who can cast comprehend languages. A telepath who can speak without having to use languages. Or you get a translator. And it... I want language to be more important and... I want there to be a system for languages to be more important. So I'm curious how language matters in this character building, because it doesn't right now.
0: Okay. So, let's start with the races. There are... Let's see here. uh, That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. There are nine base races. Human. Ardling. Dragonborn. Dwarf elf gnome halfling orc and tiefling the fuck is an ardling i'm glad you asked an ardling is an angelic furry
1: I yeah the idea i mean we needed we needed a uh we needed a counterpart to the tiefling so yes
0: that is specifically what they called this out as jeremy Crawford said this was the flip side of a tiefling they I mean, are they
1: could have just like made it be a subset of tiefling like you are born of angels instead of demons but
0: yeah this is you are either you are born on the like upper planes or have some ancestor who originated from there and because celestials like like a lot of them in D and also in reality uh like through like ancient like religions and stuff since celestial beings typically don't look like a dude And are, and are instead either have, like, some animal things or just some weird fucking just collection of shapes that make your eyes explode. hmm They went with the animal thing. And so, Ardlings have a head resembling an animal that has some connection to their uh, exu- to their celestial lineage. lineage. That's hilarious. Yeah, uh, they have uh, three lineages to choose from. Uh, Exalted, uh, which is from, like, uh, Arborea or Isgard, um, like, connected to the Chaotic Good Plains. Heavenly, which is connected to the lawful good planes, and then idyllic, which is connected to the neutral good planes. And the All idea, right. and the idea is, depending on which one of those you get, it gives you a like. There are a list of like suggested animals that you can have your head be, and then you also get like some other like minor features of that animal. But then, depending on which one you go with, exalted heavenly or idyllic, you then also get bonus spells. You get a cantrip at first level, then another spell at third level, and then a better spell at fifth level. I mean, that's about par. Oh, and they get get resistance to radiant damage.
1: Wait, isn't this just like a. This is kind of of just ASMR. Yeah. Like, why didn't they just put ASMR in the core book? Why did I forget that we had ASMR? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> also,
0: the other thing that uh, Ardlings get is a bonus action, number times equal to their proficiency bonus. They can fly their movement speed.
1: They made up a new race to fill a role that another race already has. Yeah, kind of. The fuck. Yeah, and I completely forgot about Asimov. <laughs> <laughs> yes, man. You did. I like what the hell, man. <laughs> That's bad on me and bad on them. Yeah. Uh, so kind of
0: going back to races in a broad spectrum, uh, races are now kind of broken down into five parts. There's a creature okay. type. Uh, for the purposes of this book, all the creature races that they have mentioned are humanoids.
1: Oh, elves aren't fey anymore?
0: Uh, I don't think elves were... They ha- they have fey lineage, but elves were never just straight fey.
1: Okay. Because that, that's the part I was thinking about, the fey lineage, so never mind.
0: Yeah, uh, size, because for the first time in a while, you can now choose the size class of, like, medium-sized creatures, some of them. Like, they're, you, with humans, with ardlings, with... Let's see what else is there. Okay, yeah, with humans and ardlings, and tieflings, you can choose to be a small class creature.
1: Hmm. Uh, that, yeah, they were doing some of that, like starting to do some of that with fifth edition. Um, like you remember, like uh, specifically like, um, the, the damn fear and the, um, uh, hex blood and like, well, those are, those
0: those are a bit different because those you like those, I don't think, Hey, you, you, you chose like a base race.
1: Well, I think pixies were doing it too. Well, pixies were just small. What am I remembering that? Heron gone. Heron gone. Because that was in the same lump yeah. as the Pixies. Yeah. yeah Heron gone and Owlin had the option for uh, being small or medium. So. Yeah. So. Did like... they give us the option to be large back? No. Fuck them.
0: So yeah. So creature type, size, your speed, your lifespan, and then special traits.
1: Lifespan is just you know Uh, how long you live, and I dislike lifespan being a thing because I'm gonna just say I house rule the fuck out of arachnora and tortles every time I'm running. (laughs) (laughs) Like, tortles just don't make fucking sense. Yeah, a little bit now. Like they they don't they don't live long enough. Yeah. So like period. Yeah. So cave of those races I listed.
0: What do you notice are missing?
1: Um,
0: Thinking of the dwarves? player's handbook.
1: You mentioned dwarves?
0: Yes. Human, Ardling, Dragonborn, Dwarf, Elf, Gnome, Halfling, Orc, Tiefling.
1: Well, where's half elf and half orc? I'm
0: glad you asked. They've removed them as individual races, and now there are rules for combining humanoid lineages.
1: <gasps> Fuck yes! oh, I've wanted shit like that for a while.
0: Yes, so, how it works is you choose two race options that are humanoid to represent your parents.
1: From those from those races... I pick Minotaur and Mermaid. I, I want to play a regular human with an interesting backstory. <laughs> 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 oh...
0: I choose a centaur and a human, but then it gets really fucked up, and all of a sudden, the centaur part, it is a it is a horse body leading up to a man's body, which then leads to a different
1: man's body. <laughs> like, my my stomach is white, but my chest up is black. No, it's like human head,
0: human torso, le- leading down to human abdomen, leading down to a second human abdomen. <laughs> oh God! That'd be horrifying. <laughs> you just look like a tall centaur.
1: That would be nightmarish.
0: You get really shredded, you just have a 12-pack.
1: Oh, man.
0: But no, so yeah, you choose two races and then from those you get your you, like, you choose your size, your speed, and your special traits. Okay. Which is, you choose one from each. And then to determine your lifespan, you average out your two races, your two parents' races lifespans.
1: Yeah, again, in my games, lifespan won't matter yeah because it's gonna they're gonna be some stupid lifespans
0: yeah so uh, we're not gonna go I'm not gonna go like super deep into um like every race but I kind of will go over broad strokes um just
1: give me human because human should be the average okay human they're humanoid like it's hilarious that variant human is like the most powerful uh, race in D d and it really shouldn't be it should be the average so
0: So, humans. They're humanoid. They are size, medium or small. You choose when you select this race. Have movement speed of 30 feet. Average lifespan of 80 years. They're special traits. They are resourceful. Meaning that when they finish a long rest, they gain inspiration.
1: See, inspiration is a mechanic that doesn't really work for me, in my opinion. They have changed it in this. Okay. Given that we...
0: Here's the thing: Given that we are like kind of diving deep into Savage Worlds, that it? It, it, which is, I am diving deep in, and I've tied you to my legs.
1: <laughs> hey, I'm
0: enjoying it. Yeah, I didn't say you did, I didn't say you weren't coming along. I w- I was saying that you didn't jump in with me. I jumped yeah, back no, out of the water. Uh, I jumped back out of the water like fucking Jason Voorhees and
1: dragged you down with me. <laughs> I can't swim. Um, eh, you'll learn, son. But- but no, uh, my biggest problem with Inspiration is, like, the user end. DMs don't, like, a lot of my DMs just either don't give it out or don't give it out enough. And my players forget they have it until they're about to die. And it's like, can I use Inspiration on that? Yes, it was designed for that. If you had used it earlier, you wouldn't be in this situation, It dumbass.
0: Yes. So, well, like I said, given that we're Savage Worlds, Inspiration now works more like Benny's. Oh! Where...
1: That's nice. That's gonna get used.
0: Yeah, where the DM can just kind of give it out whenever they want, and whenever a player rolls a natural 20, they get Inspiration.
1: Nice. So that... That's nice. Because I assume it still does the re-rolls and stuff.
0: It still allows you to roll with advantage.
1: Yeah. It's, it's still yeah, not re-roll.
0: Yeah, it's still advantage. D&D inspirations. So you can still only have one of them at a time, and it still only gives you advantage, mm. but that's still something.
1: Yeah, and the fact that it can proc off a 20 means players will be more likely to use it.
0: Yeah. <gasps> so humans also gain proficiency in one skill of their choice, and they gain the skilled feat or one other first level feat.
1: Ooh, they're levels to feats again. I like that. Yes, they are. They have started so, leveling feats. For all of you who only played f- uh, Fifth Edition in three five, feats were gated behind often levels and what were known as feat chains. You take a feat to take a feat to take, take a feat to get the feat you want, and that meant that there were some ridiculously powerful feats, but they were gated. Whereas in Fifth Edition, all right, I take Sentinel and Polar Master. And I win. (laughs) And it's like, okay, by level four, you've finished building your character. It's ridiculously powerful. And fuck you, I'm gonna focus fire you so that you're not in my game anymore. (laughs) Yeah, actually I mean, you could still there were still some broken ass combos in 3-5. 3-5 was broken. But 5th edition power creep really is a problem.
0: Yeah, so. One thing that I actually do want to point out um people on Twitter when this got announced there were a non-zero number of people saying hey it's cool that Dungeons and Dragons is adding these things that Pathfinder added 3 years ago because Pathfinder hey, second cool edition
1: path, hey it's cool that Pathfinder you know is built off of a system that like a lot of people loved yeah like for those who don't know Pathfinder
0: is just streamlined three point five.
1: Yeah, um,
0: that's what it was. They it, they, they like took, it was they
1: originally like, nicknamed three point seven five.
0: Yeah, like because, the, like Paizo, the folks that made it, they took three point five and they were like, "We can make this better," and they tried to.
1: They fucking did, In a lot of aspects they did.
0: Yeah, uh, I actually started reading a bunch of three po- I actually started reading a bunch of like Pathfinder Second Edition books after this came out because of those comments, and I'm like. Yeah, I see I kind of see where you're coming from. This also isn't that. Because this is taking 5th edition and then making it fancy. And then the other one was taking a fancy version of 3.5 and making that fancy.
1: And a little bit of history, uh I like a lot of like a lot of people went over to Pathfinder because at the time it was 4th edition. 4th edition was <laughs> trash. <laughs> I will fight anyone who disagrees with me because they are wrong. Fourth edition was the worst edition of D and D, um, and like Pathfinder was glorious, but I still only, I still mostly played 3.5 because it's the system I knew and I loved. Yeah, <laughs> like 3.5, I love it. No, <laughs> if someone asks me to play a 3.5 game, I ask how much of it is being house ruled. <laughs> because 3 5 was a game that had to be house ruled. Like, you had to disallow so much shit in 3 5 because so much shit was just horrendously broken. Yeah. I played a character who, from level one, was genuinely unkillable because you could pull that kind of shit off in 3 yes. 5. It was ridiculous. So, moving
0: on from there, we cover the Ardlings. Limited flight, animal head, angel babies, resistance to radiant. Mm-hmm. Dragonborn. They're Dragonborn.
1: Do they have breath weapons that are actually worth your time? No. <sighs>
0: Cause the damage now is 1d10. Oh my god. With no way to increase it.
1: I'm really hoping that it fix that they fix it, because that was the like I have never met someone who played who enjoyed playing um, Dragonborn, other than Alex. <laughs> like every time I've met someone who like played Dragonborn, they were like, "Yeah," and my DM always house rules it so that my breath weapon is actually worth my time.
0: Yeah, I am. So again, this is playtest material. This is all subject yeah. to change. Uh, I also, I think. Let me just check that. Okay, yeah, they also gave uh, Dragonborn Dark Vision.
1: Finally. <laughs> <laughs> like like, like that was another thing that always confused me. I remember when we were playing um when we were playing what was the name of that game? The I don't think the ga- first major game we played with I don't
0: game. think it had a name. I think we just called it a Sondel.
1: Yeah. When we were playing a Sondel, we kept assuming Alex had dark vision and then situations would come up We're like, who has dark vision? And he wouldn't say anything. Yeah, it would just be you. <laughs> It'd be just me, the half elf. and be like, really? Just me? Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. Light.
0: But then, but then James was there and it's like, yeah, I don't have dark vision. My passive perception still at 29. <laughs> I see
1: everything,
0: even <laughs> with disadvantage. I see everything. What does it mean? I don't know. Look! Look with your special eyes! <laughs> I see an orc. She has luscious, luscious luch- 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 thighs. It's like, <laughs> time to be a fuckboy. <laughs> I love that TikTok. Uh, uh, <laughs> anyway. Dwarves. They got resistance to poison. As they are wont to do, because they're dwarves. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, they now have a new thing, Dwarven Toughness, where their HP max increases by one each level. Ooh. I like that. So it's basically every single level that you level up. You do your regular thing, get your get your new max HP, then add one.
1: That's nice, especially if you combo it with toughness. <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, so next up, Forge Wise, uh, they get tool proficiencies with either, with two of, Jeweler's
1: tools, Mason's tools, Smith's tools, or Tinker's tools. I like that. And I hope tools are more important in this version because I've made them somewhat important in my version, but you'll still notice half the party doesn't spend most of their time with them. Yeah, I would
0: like it if this thing had uh, crafting rules that made sense. Well, no, not, not necessarily it made sense fun. that it worked, <laughs> that yeah, it were fun, because like you get high enough level, like e- even if even if you're running rules as written, you get high enough level, you just can't make things anymore. Because it's like, oh, hey, I want to make this very rare item. And I'm like level 15. Oh, what's that? I need to go on a quest and the different quest and
1: the different quest and then spend three years. I, I'm pretty sure by my house rules, it's a lot more feasible. But again, that's house rules. Make crafting fun. Yeah, I'm not asking for like fucking
0: Skyrim shit where I walk up to an anvil, look at it for 30 seconds, and then a fucking gun
1: pops out. Like in 3-5. You could like like being a craftsman in three five was ridiculous. I am affected. Like I have several DMs who still run three five games periodically. I am barred from playing artificers at those tables. Straight up bar- because I played an artificer at one of their tables once and built a flying city by level ten <laughs> <laughs> because I could. Like, that was my character's motivation to build a flying city. And I succeeded. Was it like a new and city? At that point,
0: was it like a new city what? or like a pre existing city?
1: Oh, brand fucking new. I built everything from the ground up.
0: No, no, what I mean is, did you take a pre existing city and move it into a flying thing, or did you just go, hey, I made a flying city? I built with the no-
1: entire city.
0: I, so you made a new city with no residents, no government, no infrastructure.
1: Oh, no, we had infrastructure. Like, I built aqueducts, I built... I meant, I meant like, like, a social infrastructure. Oh, yeah, no, we had to get people to come in to do that. Which we had the bard do by just smiling at people. <laughs> 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 like, that city became our base, and, like, we were unstoppable at that point. <laughs> Because we had a flying city that we could navigate the skies with and we would just fly over to the enemy and either go down ourselves to kill them or just drop shit. So. But, like, that was one extreme. Fifth edition went to the other extreme where you can't even make full plate. Yeah, it... Rule as written.
0: It takes you uh... It takes you uh, like fucking two months.
1: And it doesn't matter how skilled you are.
0: Yeah, no. You you could have tool expertise. You could have like fucking ridiculous skill tied to it. You could have like all these other different like fucking things just adding on to doing everything. It's always 60 days.
1: The only tool that matters for anything expertise-wise is Thieves Tools. That's it. Yeah, kind of. And it fucking sucks. I mean, you can make an argument for a disguise kit, but why aren't you just casting a disguise self?
0: Well, also, like, disguise kit isn't a art- artisan's tool kit.
1: Oh, yeah, that's true. So, yeah. And poisoning just sucks in this game. <laughs> like, there These are all issues that I hope they address in the new version.
0: Yeah, anyway, but... so final thing with dwarves. Dwarves can, while standing on a stone surface, or touching a stone surface, as a bonus action, for ten minutes gained 60 feet of Tremor Sense.
1: Whoa! That is powerful.
0: They can use it a number of times equal to their proficiency bonus. Because one of the things we like with the Jeremy Crawford video, he said that when they were like redesigning these races and trying to make them, in his words, they were trying to make the dwarfiest dwarf. There is like, hey, we want to, we want to make a dwarf that is the most fucking dwarf. We want to make the platonic ideal of a dwarf. And same thing with elves. They they said they, they said they also wanted to uh, do, kind of do the same thing with an elf. Where if you think of an elf, then looking at new, then looking at the one D and D elf, they go,
1: oh, an elf. So they made Legolas and Gimli. Yeah, basically. <laughs> like, because that is what popular mental image of an elf and a dwarf are: Legolas and Gimli. Yeah, so speaking of elves
0: we've got elves elves like a dark vision uh they got their faint ancestry so advantage on saving throws uh to make you make to avoid a, or end the charmed condition on yourself you're proficient with you're proficient with uh, perception you can't be put to sleep and you only require like a like a four hour long rest to get the full benefits of a long rest and your elven lineage which there are three elven lineages drow high elf wood
1: elf I assume we'll get more in the future. Yeah, again, this is all this is all stuff for the players like, handbook. Like free tip to anyone who's relatively new to this. Wizards of the coasts loves two things. And it seems that they have a third love child when it comes to fifth edition. <laughs> they love wizards, they love elves, and they seem to be falling in love with clerics. Everybody else falls to the wayside. Yeah. <laughs> Druids are OP just because of the nature of the druid. But clerics get a lot more attention in fifth edition than druids do. And if you're like a ranger, to give? How many subclasses are we gonna give clerics? Thirty? Yeah, uh, thirty sounds right.
0: Well that surprise me. You go into things like, all right, so here alright, so here is a subclass tree for uh like they just like pull out this massive fucking like college size whiteboard. It's like, all right, here are all here's our subclass tree for one D D. Well, wow, this is for every class? No, this is just cleric. Everyone else is over there. They pull out a like wheel in white like wheel in blackboard for every other class.
1: Wait, where's Wizard? Oh, Wizard's out there. Just the whole hallway. Yeah, it's the whole hallway is Wizard.
0: Yeah. We didn't want anyone stealing it, so turn on a black light, it's just like crazy person riding along the walls. (laughs)
1: Like and the best my favorite part about like magic users in general is that Subclass or no. Every magic user can be ridiculously like unique just because of spell choice. Yeah. So I am afraid of what they're going to do to my baby warlocks now. So anyway. Because they kind of fucked warlocks. The Elven lineage
0: has each of these things have, you know, the different abilities at first, third, and fifth level. With Drow um at first level your dark range, your dark range, uh, your dark vision range is doubled. You also know dancing For lights. Sure. Why? Because.
1: <laughs> drower not lighting spaces
0: up. Well, you gotta remember, like, dark vision, dark vision makes, d- make
1: darkness look like dim light. Dim light is still not good. Yeah, but they're still like drower like underground cavern dwellers. Like they don't like bright lights. You don't gotta Which make dancing like this.
0: You don't gotta make it bright. You can also just put it above you so you don't get the dim light. Anyway, at third level they get fairy fire, at fifth level they get darkness. High elves. They know press digitation. Just for free.
1: What level spell is darkness?
0: Uh darkness?
1: Is that a second level spell? Yes. So they get it later than they would if they just took darkness on level up.
0: Yeah, but I'm assuming if you are going with this kind of thing, you may be going like a non-magic caster or you maybe didn't want darkness.
1: Yeah, no, I'm just like like, like, I'm just saying like, they can like pick it, like if they're like a sorcerer, they could pick it up and then retrain it at Uh fifth level because they get it for free.
0: Yeah, so, um, yeah, with high elf, you know Prince Digitation, when you finish a long rest, you can replace that cantrip with a different cantrip from the arcane spell list. Because the other thing they did was they split up the spell lists.
1: Arcane, divine, I Arcane,
0: divine, primal. Ooh! And primal is, you know, druids and
1: rangers. Oh. I mean, it makes sense. (laughs) Like... Like, I've been calling divine magic spiritual magic for, like, the past five years because of druids and rangers. (laughs) So it makes sense.
0: Yeah, I've I've been, I think I've, I've been, like, doing, I've basically been doing that same split. I just haven't been calling it primal. I think I was calling it, like, elemental chaos magic or something, because, you know, the wilds and shit or whatever. But yeah, that's... They basically divided things up, so now there is stuff you can pull from arcane spell lists, stuff from divine spell lists, and stuff from primal spell lists. Which leads me to believe it's no longer pull from this class's spell list; It's now pull from this block source of magic. Yeah, which
1: I kind of prefer.
0: Yeah, I think I think they I think the way it b- breaks down is oh, I can actually just am well, I thinking, could just look it up.
1: It means they're going to have to work harder on making wizards unique, <laughs> because like. And they're going to, because like I said, Wizards of the Coast has two love childs, and they might be flirting with a third.
0: Yeah, uh, so yeah, arcane spell lists are bards, sorcerers, warlocks, wizards, and artificers.
1: Artificers are going to be a thing from Jump.
0: And it's very weird the way they wrote this. It's, It's, an arcane spell draws from the ambient magic of the multiverse. Bards, sorcerers, warlocks, and wizards harness this magic, as do artificers
1: artificers it's, they're always an afterthought yeah it's like they wrote Fucker.
0: this entire document did a read through again realized they forgot artificers then we're just like also them <laughs> motherfuckers yeah uh, divine spells are clerics and paladins and then primal spells ru- druids and rangers
1: yeah artificers are my babies <laughs> for anyone who doesn't know they're my favorite class
0: yeah so uh, high elves uh, yeah they get prestiditation and they can replace it at a long rest they also get detect magic and misty step and then wood elves, they know druidcraft, and their movement speed has increased to thirty-five from thirty. Then they get long strider and pass without a trace.
1: Nice, nice. Yeah, I like mask of the wilds, but I can understand not giving them hide in uh, you know lightly obscured.
0: Yeah, I will also say, for any race spell, you can cast these spells once for free. And then after that, if you have spell slots, you can keep casting them. And the ability tied to these spells is chosen by you between intelligence, wisdom, and charisma.
1: Oh, but I wanted my spells to be constitution-based.
0: Then, be- then get good at poop magic. <laughs> but yeah, that, that is that is basically true for every race spell. Just no matter what race you choose, if you get spells, you can cast them once for free, then using spell slots, and it uses the it uses the uh, ability modifier from Intelligence, Wisdom, and Charisma that you choose when you choose the
1: race you are. Which I very much like. Yeah, it makes sense, and it's how it should have been done since the beginning. I'm looking at you, Magic Initiate. <laughs> Yeah, it's like t- like, it's like no, like I'm I, I house rule magic initiate to follow that rule. <laughs> it makes more sense. Like I I like it because it it lets you be it
0: lets you like get these race spells, but not have to like either force you to never use them because you spec in an entirely different way for your character, or only be able to use them once. Like th- that is that is kind of the bane of a lot of these spells in fifth edition where. Like oh I can do the sixth I can do the sick thing once. I'm like half I'm like half of a
1: warlock. Oh god, no! It's worse than half of a warlock because a warlock can take a nap and get it back. Okay, I'm a quarter of a warlock. There you go. Yeah, I like that, and
0: then like having it having it be a choice of intelligence, wisdom, and charisma. That's fucking great. I cannot tell you how many times I have built characters. Where I'm like, okay, he doesn't need any of these, because he's a purely physical character. But he gets this fucking spell ability that is only tied to his intelligence. So it's either, so then I guess that means I am either never using this.
1: Or going to be an intelligent version of this character. And then also never use it because stats. I put my
0: actually good rolls into the stats I need.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like, alright, I've got a 17, a 16, a 15, a 12, and two 8s. Well, I guess I'm going to have a 12 int. I'll probably use that ability eventually.
0: Hell yeah, baby. DC. yeah, You gotta make a saving throw. DC 11. Woo! <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. Anyway, moving on to gnomes. Gnomes got dark vision. Got advantage on all mental saving throws. Which is intelligence, wisdom, charisma.
2: <laughs>
0: and then gnomish lineage. Uh, there are two gnomes. There are forest gnomes and there are rock gnomes. Forest gnomes get minor illusion. And they also get speak with animals. They can cast this a number of times equal to their proficiency bonus, and regain all uses on a long rest. You can use spells lots of casting.
1: Cool. Cool.
0: And rock gnomes, you know, mending and
1: prestidigitation. And they know it happened. And what knows it happened? What? The rock gnomes. It happened. The rock gnomes know it happened. He was
0: a deep gnome. <laughs>
1: There are no deep gnomes in this.
0: And he wore a stone mask. That doesn't make him a rock gnome. (sighs) That is an inside joke for us.
1: That he is just killed dead.
0: Yep. It's in my name. It's also my joke. (laughs) Anyways, yeah, rock gnomes. They know mending and prestidigitation. In addition they can make a clockwork device by casting prestidigitation for 10 minutes. Cool. Uh, casting the spell in that way consumes 10 gold worth of raw materials that you make for stuff. Uh, when you create the device, you determine its function by choosing one effect from perform The device produces that effect whenever you or a creature take a bonus action to touch it and activate it. Uh, and yeah. So you can have 3 devices of those that each last 8 hours and then dismantle themselves at which point the 10 gold so used to wait. Ma- at which point the 10 gold used to make them comes back
1: okay i was going to say
0: yeah you can you can reclaim the materials used to make these things okay yeah uh, next up halflings advantage on fear saving throws they can move through uh, the space of any creature that is a size larger than them They have luck, so they can't, so they they re-roll natural ones. And they are naturally stealthy, giving them proficiency in stealth. No sub-races for elves. Sorry, for halflings. Next up, orcs. Orcs, got dark vision. They're powerful builds, so they count as one size category bigger for carrying stuff and pushing stuff. If they are reduced to zero but not killed outright, they can instead drop to one. And adrenaline rush they can, as a bonus action, dash, and when they do so, they gain a number of temporary hit points equal to their proficiency bonus. You can use that trait- That's awesome! You can use this trait a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus, and regain all uses on a long rest. And then, finally, Tiefling. Tiefling, which they put in a pronunciation guide,
1: Probably because they got uh, tired of people pronouncing it Tifling. Yep. Which, I mean, it's a fantasy race. Let people pronounce it the way they want to. Well, it's a fantasy race they made. Let people pronounce it the way they want to. It doesn't affect the game.
0: I feel like I feel I have a strong personal feeling on this. Part, may, might just be because I spent the first five episodes of our game being called the wrong name. Eh, true. But
1: No, it was only, like, the first two.
0: (laughs) But James kept going.
1: Yeah, I know.
0: But then also, like, you made the thing. Like, if you introduced a fucking fantasy race to me, and then I just never got its name right.
1: Well, see, the difference there would be most people have only ever seen it in writing, whereas I would be able to tell you directly. Hmm, Like, one is accidental ignorance one is intentional ignorance
0: yeah and with this like people like I don't feel like it's a dick move and that people should be and that people should get that frustrated at you
1: it's not a dick move
0: yeah when you are saying hey this thing I made it's pronounced this way
1: I actually um I actually saw an argument. So someone made a, me- a meme joke, like comic page about tieflings, and like they them throwing tea at people. And someone said it's pronounced tiefling, and then just a horde of comments correcting them. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. <laughs> yeah. Ah. Uh, so and
0: finally, with tieflings, um, they got dark vision. They know the thaumaturgy cantrip, and they have their fiendish legacy. <laughs> Sorry about that, everyone. Um, See, so yeah, we're back. So I was just talking. So we were just talking about the. Um, when did you leave? Actually. Uh,
1: tiefling. Tiefling. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we were. You were at talking about their infernal heritages.
0: Okay. Yeah. So infernal is resistance to fire damage. They get Firebolt, and then hell's rebuke and darkness at later levels. Chthonic resistance to necrotic damage and the chill touch cantrip, and then later getting false life and enfeeblement, raven feeblement. And then Abyssal is resistant to Poison with the Poison Spray cantrip, and then later getting Ray of Sickness and Hold Person. Yeah, I kind of dig Poison that. Spray? Yeah, Poison Spray isn't a great cantrip, but I still like this idea of having, like, the different, like, circles of the evil planes being, like, independent and kind of having their own, f- flavor and vibe to them, kind of like they're doing with the, uh, like, upper planes with uh, the Ardlings. like yeah poison isn't great but like the fuck else would you do you still there you have to poop again can you hear me okay yeah, can you hear you. my mic
1: cut off apparently huh weird <laughs> yeah no i was uh, i was like yeah they could have gone with primal savagery <laughs> well that's acid damage yeah and Acid is better than poison. (laughs) (laughs) Poison sucks. (laughs) Unless they make improvements to poison, poison sucks.
0: Yeah, I guess we'll see. But yeah, so, that does it for races. Now, of what we talked about, notice anything missing? Uh, Stat mods. Correct. Those are now part of your background. Oh, I like that. Yes, and because backgrounds, they're now buildable. Ooh. Cool. Which is to say, they, they were kind of already buildable because, you know, you had their list of things you could pick from, but they could also just kind of make your own fucking thing. Mm-hmm. They're doing that again, but now there is a bit more involved in it. So okay. first up, there's the ability score. Improve- there's the ability scores. You can, yeah. you can either choose to increase one by two and another by one, or pick three and give them each plus one. Okay. Which is something that they have actually been doing for the last couple books. Like I think it was introduced with uh Morden Monsters of the Multiverse. Where
1: I could swear that it was introduced before then.
0: Uh I believe that's what it is, because I like looking at looking at like various tools and stuff, like Anything that was from a previous book, it then, the, the then said like, "Hey, this is from like this is from Volo's Guide to Monsters. It gives it plus two to strength, plus two, plus one to this." And then here's it from here's it from Multiverse of the Monst- Monster of the Multiverse. Choose. Well,
1: oh, I... It's a good it's a good choice in my opinion. yeah, like I've heard I've had people complain that ever since that was introduced, where you could assign your stats however you want, it kind of ruined optimization. And I'm sitting there like, uh no. now we can look at the special abilities instead of the stat mods and some of these special abilities are really good for certain builds. Yeah, what
0: dumb motherfucker was like, oh, I get to choose where my ability score improvement goes. That's suboptimal.
1: Well, it was. It's not that it's suboptimal. It's that it renders a lot of optimization moot, and they're wrong. Yeah, it opens up because, new optimizations. Like, yeah, it opens up whole new aspects. Like, I would, I absolutely adore the idea of getting Mask of the Wild on a Rogue, and like, or like, you you know what I mean? Like, getting that little extra thing to make their like main like ability. Just that little bit more impressive. Yeah. Because certain races were already optimized for certain things, like half like Wood Elf or half Wood Elf already was kind of really good for Rogues and Rangers. But now it's even better because I can put those stat mods exactly where I want them to. Yeah. I can have a ramped Dexterity and a ramped uh a ramped Wisdom, and it's just oh mwah. My bug, yeah, my
0: bugbear monks no longer have to have a fucking plus two to strength for no fucking reason.
1: Well, you could go strong if you really want to. No, because they because
0: they have the fucking long limbs. They also have sneaky.
1: Oh yeah, that's right. You got to go dexterity. Yeah, baby. (laughs) Uh, Ah, bugbear monks. They're I love bugbears. Bugbears are fun. I actually played... um, I'm not going to get into it because we've already been off-topic enough in this. Yeah, so, after ability
0: scores, skill proficiencies. Choose two two skills. You're proficient in them. Nice. Uh,
1: That's basically how it is. (laughs) Yeah, that's basically how it is
0: anyway. Tool proficiencies. Choose a tool. You're proficient with it.
1: I want to make a joke here, but I don't follow popular media enough to know who's being called a tool right now. Language, you choose a language. Because language is now tied to your background, not your race. Good. Which makes more sense. Yeah. Like, if you were a human raised in elf society, you should speak whatever that society... Like, again, I'm going back to... Yeah. Like, like it, dep- it should depend on where you were raised and shit like that.
0: Yeah. I if, like yeah, that. If you're a human raised in elf society, you should speak racism. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Unless you're Legolas. Yeah. So, in which case, you married Gimli.
0: After language, feet. Oh, you just start with a feet? Choose a first level feet.
1: Nice. Every character gets one first level feet for free. Which means human maintains its uniqueness of, I get two, I get an extra feet at first level. Yes. Um. Yeah, that's nice. That's going to open up some build options. Hell yeah, baby. Ooh.
0: I could finally I could finally build Krieger gem cutter and not have to wait to fourth level to take telepath. (laughs) Anyway, and then finally, equipment. You get fifty gold to spend on starting equipment. Any gold you don't spend, you keep left over as gold.
1: I like that. Yeah, and apparently that's one of my biggest problems like has always been like you're just poor as fuck depending on certain class choices.
0: So that so that isn't so that isn't class equipment.
1: Oh, that is your okay. that is your background equipment. Like you know, like
0: when you like when you pick a cleric or when you pick like an acolyte and get like prayer books, calligraphy supplies, it's a couple
1: other things. That's awesome because that is enough to buy a toolkit. So if like your background is oh, I was a blacksmith, you can start off with smith's tools. Yeah. Which, as a blacksmith, can I just say how stupid it is that like like you cannot carry. Your tools for blacksmithing around with you because one of those tools is an anvil and the other is a forge. I believe, <laughs> it's I, I too believe, fucking
0: heavy. Let me, let me actually, I believe they've like in like Xanathars, they uh verified what is in a smith's tool kit. Yeah, okay, it's hammers, tongs, charcoal, rags, and a whetstone.
1: Yeah, so what are you hammering against?
0: <laughs> a rock,
1: a stump. Your buddy, yeah, steel hammer will shatter a rock. I don't fucking know. Like the you dirt. can use, like you can use a rock. You can use a stump. It's just, yeah, I, I think, I think the idea with very yeah. suboptimal. Yeah.
0: the idea with the Smith's tools is just instead of going into someone else's place and being like, "Hey, can I fucking use your hammers and shit?" It's just like if you get to a situation where, "Hey, here's a fucking fire, or here's a forge," like. Like, how many fucking adventures and modules and stuff are there where you walk into, like, a fucking old abandoned mine and all of a sudden you just come across, like, this ancient forge that still
1: works? Yeah, those are always cool.
0: Yeah, and so then instead of being like, hey, yeah, hey, yeah, cool, I can use either this busted-ass rusted fucking hammer where the fucking handle is turned into goop, or I can pull out the hammer I've been using for ten years.
1: Yeah, no, that's fair. I've just, like... As a blacksmith, I know how much my, the shit I have weighs, <laughs> and so it's less like, yeah. Though they do sell small anvils that you could carry around with you, and there are Viking stump anvils. I'm getting off topic.
0: Yeah, there's a reason why with Zirian I haven't said I pull up my smith's tools and hammer an anvil. There's a reason why anything I've done with smith's tools has either been in a forge or has been magic.
1: Yeah, I might. Be giving zerian a Viking uh, steak anvil soon.
0: I mean, I have the bag of holding.
1: Yeah. Well, also the steak anvil is one of the most efficient mobile anvil options because you just hammer it into hard ground or a stump, and you can. Off topic. <laughs> yeah. So, and apparently this is a thing. That, so, going back to the
0: equipment. Apparently, that that rule for equipment of you get fifty gold to spend on starting equipment, keep anything left over apparently that's how they built the fifth edition uh, backgrounds. Well, they could have told us. Or like something similar to that, because like, yeah, again, in the Jeremy Crawford video, it was apparently like, yeah, we, we used rules similar to that for the starting equipment. Just no one ever really noticed that all the gold values came up to about the same.
1: Yeah, because we shouldn't have to do the math. <laughs> you should tell us. Especially if you say we can build our own backgrounds, you motherfuckers.
0: Yeah. So that is the build your own background thing. They also have some sample backgrounds, just kind of get to give you an idea of how these things work. Uh, My, so,
1: God, I'm still flustered at how stupid that is. Yeah. Uh, some of
0: them are. So some of these are like you know classic like fifth edition backgrounds like acolyte, criminal, charlatan, uh, entertainer and stuff, uh, and those have been rebuilt slightly because like. Acolytes, they get plus two to wisdom, plus one to intelligence, they get insight and religion, they get calligrapher supplies, they know the language celestial, and they get the feat magic
1: initiate divine. Okay. Uh, So is it just assumed that everyone speaks common? uh, It doesn't actually
0: say. But I'm gonna say. Oh, wait, no, sorry. It does say. Your character knows at least three languages. Common. A language provided by the background, and a language chosen from the sta- from the standard language table below. Okay. With standard languages okay. being common, common sign language. Oh! Dwarvish, elvish, giant, gnomish, goblin, halfling, orc.
1: I like that they included sign language. That makes me smile.
0: Yeah, and then the rare languages, which you can choose from your background and stuff, are abyssal, celestial, deep speech, draconic, druidic, infernal, primordial. This includes Aquin, Orin, Ignin, and Terran They dialects.
1: are really leading into the Lovecraftian shit here. Yeah. Uh, Sylvan, Thieves' Canton, Undercommon. And how do you mean? Well, like, when I hear deep speech, I think of the Deep Ones. Like, is that a, is that a different, like, group in D&D that I'm not remembering?
0: Uh, aberrations. So, like, Mind Flayers. So, like, not Mind Flayers, uh, fucking Beholders.
1: Okay. Okay. Never mind, then.
0: Yeah, deep speech just means things spoken by things deep. Okay. Uh, but yeah, like so, uh, criminal. Another like cla- another like classic thing from a uh, fifth edition. They get plus two dex, plus one int, sleight of hand, and uh, stealth. Thieves' tools. They know thieves can't. And they get alert.
1: They've separated the thief from the rogue. Finally.
0: Yeah, and alert. They also changed. Oh, uh, yeah, so, like, that's so it, ba- that's background
1: stuff. It's not just eliminate an entire portion of the game?
2: Because
1: <laughs> with alert, there were no, like, you can't, you can't have a surprise ambush or anything like that anymore. Yeah. Uh, or is that observant?
0: No, that was alert. Observant is you can, uh, observant is uh, plus five to your passives, and you can read lips. Hmm. Yeah, so uh, they included ten, um first level feats as just an idea of what a first level feat will be and with alert you get when you roll initiative you add you can add your proficiency bonus and immediately after you roll initiative you can with one willing ally swap your initiative oh
1: nice which that's sick as hell yeah you can build the guy who always goes first, and then actually give it to the guy who it's useful for them to go first. Yeah. Oh, that's ooh! I like that. I it like a, that a lot.
0: And you, since you get it at first level, you can now have you can now fucking I guess make an assassin who's a bit more usable in combat. <laughs> it's like hey, you hey you get you get extra damage on things that haven't acted yet. Cool. I rolled a nine. meanwhile the cleric over there i rolled a
1: 23 hey uh i'm an assassin do you mind swapping oh yeah no no worries i gotta wait for you guys to get hurt to do anything anyway yeah oh god i hate i hate that mindset of yeah (laughs) no i can't do anything to get hurt
0: yeah no i i I had a guy in one of my uh, like in-person games who was always like i'm playing a cleric okay i need to go last So anyway. Yeah, so that's the feats. Um, The feats themselves... uh, I'm I'm actually going to go through every feat just to give you an idea of some of the stuff they do. But feats now have the... They now have, like, three breakdowns of things they have. There are, like, in terms of components, there is the level, because each level Mm -hmm. has a feat. So each feat has a level. The
1: prerequisites, which, you know... Oh! Okay, so this is another thing from 3.5. Feats had... A lot of feats had prereqs, so if you didn't meet them... You just couldn't take them, and in fifth edition they introduced that later on. But it never really felt like the prereq mattered, other than race. Like uh, it was like if I'm taking this feat, I'm gonna have this prereq. So
0: yeah, um, like of all the first level feats, there are no prereqs that they've listed here. Because all of them just have none. no? I
1: hope. I hope that the prerequisites are a little bit more restrictive
0: and um, repeatable.
1: Oh, so it's a feat you can take multiple times.
0: Yes, and that is now a thing that is listed above, and that is yeah, there's now a thing that is really thing listed above as part of like the just straight up just line information about the spell, and not something buried in there you had to read the entire paragraph for.
1: Okay, because like there were some feats that like you wanted to be able to take multiple times but couldn't, and then there was like one feat that I think you could resilient. Uh, th- there are a couple you could take multiple times. Just take Elemental um, Adapt multiple times?
0: Yes, you could, but you had to choose a different element each time. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. So, we went over Alert. Then there's Crafter. You choose three tools and are proficient in them. Whenever you buy a I'll... non-magic item, you receive a 20% discount.
1: I'll probably take that every time. Just because that's who I
0: am. Whenever you, and then, and then finally, whenever you craft an item using a tool with which you are proficient, the required crafting time is reduced by
1: 20%. Oh my god, it sounds like they have plans for crafting rules. I fucking hope so, bro. Oh my god. Is it repeatable? No. Bam. <laughs> Stack it up to reduce all times by 100%. Well, no. It would,
0: it would just it would just keep getting. It was like it's an asymptote. It can never be zero.
1: I know, but it would be cool. It would be stupid. <laughs> I took it at every level up option, and I'm a fighter. Yeah. So I can craft everything in a day.
0: It's like a level twenty fighter. You've taken nothing. You're taking nothing else other than crafter. You get to level twenty. It's like all right. I go into combat. I use my action to craft a gun.
1: <laughs> I use my action to craft a wall.
0: I use my action to craft a nuclear warhead.
1: (laughs) No, 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 no. I use my action to craft a wall, and then I action search to craft a wall, and then I let him cast taste on me so I can craft a third wall, preventing the enemies from running from us. Next turn, I'll craft a final wall to box them in.
0: I, I use my action to craft a flying city. I use my bonus action to drop it on them. So, indeed. next up, the healer feat. So, when you use a healer kit, um, you can expend one of its uses to tend to a creature within five feet of you as an action. The creature can expend one of its hit dice, then you roll that die. Uh, the creature regains okay. the number of hit points equal to the roll plus your proficiency bonus. Interesting. And, whenever you roll a die to determine the number of hit points you restore with a spell or with this feat's battle medic ability, which is what I just read, you can re-roll the die if it's a one and you must use a new roll
1: that rep- that act- actively to me represents the healer being able to basically restore a percentage of a person's life force back to them like by stitching them up that rather reads, than it being a set die size it's dependent on the person being healed that reads to me
0: as they read healer and were like wait let's make this useful
1: healer was already kind of useful it was a free heal it was a cheap healing potion I liked healer. Healer is- was a good feat already. I don't. I did not like it.
0: And it also and it also required you to have a healer's kit.
1: This one th- still does
0: only for battle medic. With the with the true. second thing with the with the rerolling
1: heals, that is spells. Yeah, that's true. Like it is great for healing spells too now.
0: Yeah, like it actually. If you built a cleric and and they don't have healers kit for some for, for whatever fucking reason, this can still be useful to you. So anyway,
1: lucky or a druid or a bard or anyone who can get healing magic. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, uh, lucky,
0: classic feat. You have a number of luck points equal to your proficiency bonus. You can uh, spend luck points to gain uh, either advantage or to give an a- or to give an enemy disadvantage. <laughs> It does basically say that whenever a creature rolls a d20 for an attack roll against you, though. Okay. So you can't extend someone else your luck. Unless there is a higher level feat called superior luck or some shit that lets you do that on creatures that are, like, within 30 feet of you or whatever.
1: Yeah. Which, again, that's where prerequisites come in. That's how you restrict things like that. It's actually really good.
0: Yeah. Again, these are first level feats, so...
1: If there We are have no pre- idea how the prereqs are going to work.
0: What I'm assuming this is, is these are the, these are like the fucking just evergreen feats that are just going to be like, hey, anyone can take these. And then in either the full released book or later fucking like Unearthed Arcanas, it's going to be, hey, here are some stuff that has prereqs for races. And here's some, here some stuff that has prereqs for classes. And here's some stuff that has prereqs for backgrounds or whatever.
1: Here's some that have prereqs for feats. Here's some that have stat prereqs.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, Crawford, I believe, did say that there would be another Arcana in the next, no, you know, two years or whatever that would be specifically d- diving into their new way to do feats. Uh, so, yeah, Magic Initiate's next. It works like Magic Initiate.
1: Did they change it so that you can cast the spell with the uh, spell slots? Yes, it did. Good, because that's how it should be. <laughs> Yes, so... And the fact that we haven't gotten a uh, sage advice about it pisses me off. Yeah, so...
0: Magic is also repeatable. However you, have to choose a yes. diff- however, you have to choose a different spell list each time you take it.
1: That's fine! Because even with just three spell lists, that's such a b- expansion to your spell list. That gives you so many more options. Yes, so...
0: When you take this, you choose a spell list—Arcane, Divine, or Primal. From those lists, you take two cantrips and one first-level spell.
1: Wonder how they're going to handle Eldritch Blast.
0: You always have that spell prepared. You can cast it once without ca- without using without using a spell slot once per long rest, and you can also use spell slots to cast this. Your spellcasting ability is Intelligence, Wisdom, or Charisma, chosen when you take the feat. Whenever you gain a new level, you can replace one of the spells you chose with this feat. Oh my god. It's supposed to be from the same spell list and same level. But that's still just an overall improvement.
1: That is a vast improvement, and that is really good. Because while it's not like, oh, I'm going to optimize so that I have the f- spell I need for the day. It's still like, I'm going to optimize and uh, I don't need, this spell hasn't had much use for me anymore. So I'm going to swap over to this spell.
0: Yeah, I don't know why I took poison spray over Shillelagh, but I guess I'll change it now. <laughs> I thought poison spray would be funny, but then I just kept farting on people and they just kept making
1: <laughs> mad at me. It kept doing nothing. <laughs> Except, getting me, I grow. Yeah. I'm going to take Healing Word instead. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, Poison Spray is a candra. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. So, anyway, next up, musician. I'm take chill Touch
0: instead. <laughs> yeah. So, next up, musician. Gain proficiency with three instruments. And after you finish a short rest or long rest, you can play a song on a musical instrument with which you have tool proficiency and give inspiration to all allies, to, the, to a number of allies who hear the song, equal to your proficiency bonus. So, if you are a human with two other party members at first level, you can give everyone inspiration when you finish a long rest.
1: That is that is really good. That's like, all right, time to go to bed, guys. Why? Because we'll be better in the morning. Yeah. Inspiration. I just wake up to you doing a didgeridoo solo. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you wake your party up, is you just start playing an instrument at them. And they're like, oh, motherfucker, oh, I actually feel good, thanks.
0: Yeah. <laughs> just, put, just, put the, just put the amplifier next to their ear. Just... And then
1: you give them a ten minute speech <laughs> for, <laughs> for uh, inspiring leader. And then you go on about your day after you cast Bless on them.
0: Yep, yeah, Uh. so next up, uh, Savage Attacker when you hit it, when you hit with a weapon attack, you roll the damage twice, choose the damage you like best.
1: Oh man, I've now got this mental image of like the ultimate party supporter. <laughs> I'm yeah. just like, oh, that's going to be wonky. I'm yeah. going to have to build something like that once this fully releases.
0: You can do Savage Attacker once per turn. Cool. Next, Skilled. This is repeatable. Nice. Choose I like three skilled. skills you aren't proficient in. You're proficient in them just straight up next up tavern brawler so Did
1: they make it functional
0: your unarmed strikes deal a d4 damage plus strength whenever you roll damage for unarmed strike if the
1: if the damage rolls a one you can re-roll it nice that actually makes it useful for monks and uh unarmed fighters when you hit it when you hit a creature with an unarmed strike as
0: part of an attack action you can deal the damage to the target and also push them five feet away They made it useful! (laughs) You can only do that once per turn. And you can wield furniture as a weapon.
1: Using rules for Does it say furniture specifically or improvised weapons?
0: You can wield furniture as a weapon. The feature is called furniture as weapons. That is interesting. Here's the interesting thing. If the piece of furniture is small or medium, you use the rules for a great club. If the furniture is tiny, so, you use the rules for a club.
1: So you use so if you're hitting someone with a chair, it's a great club.
0: Yeah, if you're hitting someone with a fucking spoon. You're hitting spoon, someone with
1: a chair leg, <laughs> it's a club.
0: Yeah. I mean, and it what, makes sense. And what that fucking tells me is hopefully they are changing the improvised weapon rules so that it, so that the damage is determined by the size of the object, not the improvisation of it.
1: Dude, because again, the piano killer, because, yeah,
0: because again, rule as written. If you pick up a tree and hit someone with it, it deals as much damage as a spoon.
1: (laughs) Uh, Gotta love rules as written.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And then finally, tough. Your hit point maximum increases an amount equal to twice your character level when you gain this feat. Whenever you gain a level hereafter, your hit point maximum increases by an additional two hit points. Yeah, it's I'm
1: going to play play a I'm going to play a dwarven barbarian with the tough feet. I'm naming him Meat.
0: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so after all the feats, uh they get into a bit of a rules glossary. Oh, which gets into specific changes to rules themselves and conditions and stuff. Uh we already kind of went over the spell stuff, um artisan's tools. The tools largely work the same except they all now cost 15 gold pieces per toolkit.
1: I don't like that. I do. It's less I mean math. It, I I like it and I don't like it <laughs> because it, it's it's standardizing. So it's like I want to buy a toolkit and they're 15 gold. Like that is going to make it so much easier when building a character. Yeah. But hobbies are expensive. Uh huh. And certain hobbies, more so. I'd still rather have
0: everything be fifteen dollars than have a variance of one to fifty.
1: Yeah, no, that is the major problem. And I,
0: like, trust me, bruh, like I
1: said, I I like it and I don't like it. Yeah,
0: like, trust me, bro. I build. I built my computer. I know how expensive hobbies can be. I also play Magic the Gathering. I know about hobby. I know about hobby cost. But I still just like the standardization, making things more streamlined, making things easier on the player end. Ah, so next up, uh, creature types. They have listed, uh, let's see, that's uh, 14 creature types. Aberration, beast, Celestial, Construct, Dragon, Elemental, Fae, Fiend, Giant, Humanoid, Monstrosity, Ooze, Plant, Undead. Okay. According According to this document, these types don't have rules themselves, but some rules of the game affect creatures of certain types in different ways. For example, the description of Cure Wounds specifies that the spell does not benefit a Construct. I feel like that will come up and be more important as things progress.
1: Yeah, as we get more stuff.
0: Yes. Next up, a brand new umbrella term the D20 test. A D20 test is an ability check, an attack roll, or a saving throw. They're just putting. I
1: can see certain spells saying that. On a test or something like that.
0: Yes, it specifically says if something in the game affects a D twenty test, it affects all three of these rolls.
2: Nice.
0: That's nice. Yeah. Um. They also ha- they also say that for to warrant a D twenty test, a test would have a target number of no less than five and no greater than thirty. If someone needs a thirty one to complete something, it just then cannot it's be done. Failed. If someone needs a four to beat something, they just succeed. And speaking of just succeeding and just failing, that's a thing now. With every d20 test, if you roll a natural one, you fail, regardless of modifiers. If you roll a natural 20, you succeed, regardless of modifiers. Within the rules of your physical body.
1: So it's not like I'm going to fly over to that ledge by making an athletics check. Like, no, you, you, you can't, you can't jump that far. That's a physical impossibility,
0: but I rolled a natural 20. Cool. You go out 30 feet and then plummet to your fucking death.
1: (laughs) Mm. I absolutely adore when a player tells me, but I got a nat 20. And I'm like, bitch, but I, told I don't you care. You couldn't su- I, I literally had to play a te- te- teleplayer the other day. And I told you that there was no way you could succeed. Before you rolled, dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> like, they were like, I'm going to roll for this. I'm like, there's no way you can succeed. I got a nat 20. You don't succeed. And they got, they got pissy at me. Like, nat 20s do not automatically mean success on anything that 20 in a, in a fight does not mean you win the fight. It means you hit a little harder.
0: Yeah. This does kind of change that. And also, this largely plays into the house rule that, like, the vast majority of people fucking follow anyway. Where, if you are rolling a d20, if you get a natural 20, you succeeded the thing. But I do like that they still felt the need to put in, you can't do the impossible... You can just do as good as you possibly can. You can't
1: ride a pillar that someone else threw effortlessly.
0: Yeah, and the last thing thing we talk about with the D20 tests are critical hits. I'm going to read a sentence to you, Cave. Oh, no. Weapons and unarmed strikes have a special feature for player characters. Critical hits.
1: I don't like that sentence. (laughs) What do you not like about the sentence, Cave? My monsters are going to crit no matter what the rules say. (laughs) Yes. And they can go fuck themselves if they think they can take that away from me.
0: Yes. As part of one D&D. One of the few
1: equalizers in D&D.
0: As part of one D&D, monsters are no longer able to crit.
1: Yeah, that's bullshit. No one's going to follow that rule. I don't know a single DM that would be like, yep, that's fair.
0: Yeah, not a single person will follow that rule. What's weird is they, like, Crawford said that the equalizing factor for this is that monsters will have recharge abilities. Yeah, no, no one's going
1: to follow that rule.
0: Yeah, no. Uh, it, it is still the kind of dumb one that we, the kind of dumb crit rules that we don't like where you add an extra damage die. Like, it's. It's something that, I f- something that I feel like we are of the same mind about, where crit rules like that, it's entirely possible that you just fuck up entirely and your crit is just nothing.
1: Yeah. Like, you roll two ones. That sucks.
0: Yeah. Um, for those of like, you who don't crits listen to- should feel good. Yeah. For those of you who don't listen to Curse Destiny, for one, check it out. It's pretty good. Uh, but for another thing, in that thing, we use the Call of Cthulhu crit rules, which uh, I've heard some people call crunchy crits, which I'm not that big a fan of. But with that, it, it, with that, even if you roll a one on the die, you're still doing one more than your maximum damage. So no matter what, yeah. you're still hitting for more than you possibly could originally.
1: The other one I like is you double everything. You like You roll and then you double everything. So you double stat mod, you double what you roll, and it's just it's doubled everything. And that is tasty to me because then you're guaranteed to get twice your stat mod at least, which usually is good. Yeah. Um, final thing they change for crits.
0: If your weapon or unarmed strike doesn't have a damage die, it can't
1: crit. That's good. Because I have got, I have had people try and argue with me that because they rolled a crit on a net, it should deal some kind of damage. And I'm well, like, that's no, stu- well, no it that's doesn't stupid. deal damage. That's
0: fucking <laughs> stupid because nets don't deal damage, period. But your punches still do damage. Yeah, and, you, and your punches don't have a damage die,
1: unless you you know go down that path.
0: Unless you take like Tavern Brawler or be a monk. But if fucking, I don't know some goddamn druid was like, I'm a fucking kick this dude in the dick or whatever. I mean, it's a crit on that. I still feel like that should get some bonus damage.
1: Uh, I'm, I'm actually, I actually agree with this because I feel like the bonus damage would come in from like, like actually knowing your weapon somewhat. And if you aren't trained in unarmed fighting, you don't really know how to strike like extra hard with your fists or feet.
0: Yeah, but this has nothing to do with skill; it's luck.
1: Uh... They'll probably rewrite it at some point because there's probably going to be a lot of people like, "Yeah, this is stupid." Yeah, it's, it's either going to be a rewrite
0: or it's going to just be house rules.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. So... And honestly, I'll probably just house rule that everything can quit <laughs> <laughs> just because it's easier for me.
0: Yeah, like like as we're going through these rules, the golden rule of all RPGs
1: related. is you can house rule stuff. Like, we're already house ruling this shit.
0: Oh, the second is, it's not even out yet. It's not out for another two it's, years. It's
1: a UA, and it's like, yeah, we got to modify that, and that one doesn't work, and uh, yeah. they better have some good rules around this one. Well,
0: this is playtest materials. This is good user feedback.
1: Which means Wizards of the Coast needs to listen to this. <laughs> At Jeremy Crawford.
0: I'm not sending this to Jeremy Crawford.
1: Oh my god, could you imagine if this was the recording that actually, like, launched the site? <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my god. Okay,
0: yeah,
1: so. Uh, <laughs> gaming sets. They now all cost one gold apiece. Good. We have a generic cost for when players are like, I want to buy Monopoly! Cool, one gold. Which, honestly, is how I've run it. <laughs>
0: But then someone's then some asshole like me is going to house rule where it's like I want to get into this, I want to get into this like really rare card game. Cool, that'll be five thousand gold pieces.
1: No, it's one gold piece to get a starter deck, and then it's one gold piece to just keep expanding your decks. And until you hit a certain point, a critical mass, as you were, you can't really build very effective decks. You can just build kind of fun decks.
0: That's and worse. That critical
1: mass is five thousand gold.
0: That's oh <laughs> uh, no no that's that's the fucking mentality of people who buy booster boxes yeah i buy booster boxes yeah i buy
1: singles i buy boosters <laughs> i like the gambling of it uh, random chance man yeah. <laughs> two different perspectives on the same game right here did you did you ever get
0: into overwatch
1: nope okay
0: Maybe stay away from Overwatch too then.
1: I don't I don't like that genre of game, so it's not going to be a problem.
0: It's turning free to play, but they still have loot boxes.
1: <laughs> anyway, they changed up grappling. Ooh. So, grappling's always a nightmare. How are they trying to fix it this time?
0: So, with grappling, when you're grappled your speed is 0 and can't change. You have disadvantage on attack rolls against any target other than the person grappling you.
1: Makes sense.
0: The grappler can drag or carry you, but suffers the slowed condition while moving unless you are tiny or two sizes or more or two or more size categories smaller than the grappler.
1: That makes sense.
0: And grappling now has a set DC that you make a saving throw against.
1: Why they gotta fuck it?
0: <laughs> yeah, so it's now a dexterity or strength saving throw, depending on what you, what you said it as. Uh, and I believe the uh, I believe the uh, thing is your strength is eight plus your
1: co- eight plus your proficiency plus strength. Oh, so you can make yourself decent at it. Yeah, <coughs> there's and take- there better be like a grappler feat that improves your DC or some bullshit.
0: Yeah, There's taking it away from being a like they're, they're taking, <laughs> a contest ta- every yeah, time. yeah, from being a contest, just being a thing that you are trained and good at.
1: Yeah, it's a consistency thing now, which I like that. I like that.
0: Yeah. Uh, The condition also ends uh, if if they they beat the DC, they get out. The condition also ends if the grappler is incapacitated or if something moves you outside the grappler's range without using your speed.
1: Does it take an action to contest the grapple? At the end of each of your turns. Mm. It's
0: a free action at the end of each
1: of your turns. I mean it still makes your opponent waste a turn, which is really good.
0: Yeah. And it's not and it's not like you can't do anything. You still just you can still like stab the shit out of the person holding
1: you. Yeah. Yeah. But it limits what like it, it's it's kind of how um it's kind of how like when I couldn't do any magical damage to the werewolves, I was just like, I'm gonna grapple them. Yeah. And it was because I like it was all I could do, but it was still useful. Yeah. Like, you know, X character can tank a certain number of hits. It limits what your enemy can do. It It is useful.
0: Yeah. Uh, so next up, incapacitated condition. So you're inactive, so you can't take actions or reactions. For everyone trying to bullshit this, if you can't take actions, you can't take bonus
1: actions. You fucks. Oh, I fucking love when I get someone trying to argue that with me. I'm like, no, you can't. You don't get to do anything.
0: It's like, oh, you're stunned, but uh, you're stunned you can't take actions. But that means you can still take bonus
1: actions, right? Fuck you. I command my mechanical animal to attack on my bonus action, even though I can't do anything. No, I
0: command no. you to bite these fucking nuts. Eat my ass.
1: Ugh.
0: You know, just for that, your mechanical fucking dog explodes. Eat. Fuck you. <laughs> oh, man. Rocks fall and your dog fucking dies. <laughs>
1: While well, my Drake Warden dragon attacks that.
0: Your Drake Warden dragon turns around and bites your balls off. Bing bong. <laughs>
1: uh, so I, if you can't tell, we both have experience with really <laughs> shitty and annoying players.
0: While you're incapacitated, you cannot have concentration. You cannot speak. And if you are incapacitated, when you roll initiative, you have disadvantage on the roll.
1: I hope that they uh, like that they like include a rule saying that you can't sleep while concentrating on a spell. We
0: that that's what this is.
1: Okay, good. Yeah, <laughs> because if if you if you go to like, sleep,
0: you're incapacitated. So your concentration is broken. Okay,
1: good, good, because there there are certain shenanigans I've had players try to get up to.
0: Absolutely,
1: I'm just like, no, you're sleeping. You can't maintain concentration. And then they'll like cite some obscure sage advice, and I'll be like, "I don't care. It's my game." Yeah. Anyway, that's the biggest thing you can take from this. It's your game. Fuck the rules. If you if you don't want like if you don't like a specific rule, don't use it.
0: Yeah. Either don't use it or find a system that doesn't have that rule in it. Yeah. There are literally hundreds, and some of them are okay. Some of them are really good. Some of them. Some of them. Look at you, Power Rangers.
1: <laughs> go, go, get a better rule system.
0: What is that errata coming out, you sons of bitches? <laughs> anyway.
1: There's so much wrong with the Power Rangers bitch
0: Yeah. So the long rest. Pe- period of downtime of eight hours. At least six hours of which is... Sleeping with two hours of, with no more than two hours of light activity, such as reading, talking, eating, or standing watch. A uh, long rest still work as normal. Still, can regain your hit points. Still, regain all your stuff that you get back in long rest. You cannot benefit more than one. You cannot benefit from more than one long rest in a twenty-four hour period. And if you start a long rest with zero HP, you gain no benefits.
1: I like that.
0: Yeah, uh, a long rest is interrupted by combat or by one hour of walking, casting spells,
1: or similar activity. Yeah, sorry, sorry. If- now, okay, here's okay, here's something that I'm going to explain to everyone who's listening. All two people. That means casting a spell, not spending an hour casting a spell.
0: Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. One hour of walking, comma, casting a spell, different item, comma... Or any similar activity,
1: which means you can't like. I'll take the last watch, and during that watch, I'll cast a bunch of spells that will extend into the next day, and they'll get then get the benefits of a full rest. <laughs> Fuck no, you, my that's guy. Not how that works. Yeah, And a player try and pull that bullshit on me.
0: So they also say uh, that if a if the rest was at least an hour long before you were interrupted, you could still get the benefits of a short rest
1: makes sense yeah so
0: next up musical instruments they're all 20 bucks
1: also makes sense like again i'm gonna put i'm gonna put the same like on it as i did with the crafting tools and honestly as it should be with the uh gaming things it's for ease of use yeah and like yeah no it makes sense
0: yeah uh so next up the slow condition so you must spend an extra one feet of movement for every foot of movement uh, you you move using your speed. Attack rolls against you have advantage, and you have disadvantage on deck saving throws. Okay. Yeah, that's just... It's what Slowed does, I think. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, Tremor Sense. A creature with Tremor Sense can pinpoint the location of creatures or objects moving within a specific range provided that creature with tremor sense and anything it's detecting are in contact with the same surface. Such as the ground, a wall, or a ceiling. Or the same liquid. Tremor sense can't detect creatures or objects that are in the air, and tremor sense isn't a form of sight. So if you're blinded, you can still use tremor sense.
1: Blindness, deafness.
0: Yep, so the next up. Well, actually this is finally. Uh Unarmed Strikes. So Unarmed Strikes. It uses your strength and proficiency bonus. When you hit, you choose one of three effects to happen. Oh. First up is damage. Taking bludgeoning equal to one plus your strength mod. They become grappled. With the escape DC okay. with the escape DC equal to eight plus your strength plus plus proficiency. grapple is possible so long as the target is no more than one size larger than you. And if you have a hand free to grab it. So if you're fucking out there sword and board fighter, you can't grab someone.
1: You got to drop the sword.
0: Yeah. And shove. You either push the target five feet away from you or they get knocked prone.
1: So they folded the grappling stuff into unarmed fighting, which makes sense.
0: Yeah. Well, they also folded it into attack rolls.
1: Which also makes sense. You've got to be able to hit the damn thing in order to grab it.
0: Yeah. In fifth edition proper, um, grappling and shoving both are contested roles with either with athletics versus either athletics or acrobatics.
1: This, Which again, does, just, it just does, kind it, of streamlining. It's just, yeah, this is a little bit more streamlined. There's less math to be worried about. Yeah. Every NPC doesn't need to have an athletics or acrobatics listed. Yeah.
0: And they also have a list of uh, Arcane, Divine, and Primal Spells for the Magic Initiate. Uh, yeah. So that is what we know currently of
1: 1D&D, which is a overall, terrible name. Overall, it has my approval. Yeah, the name. it's... Like there are some things that need working out. There's some things that need clarification. But this is a UA. Yeah. This is. Oh my god! I just realized that you're gonna that we might end up doing this regularly for the rest of the One D and D content.
0: Why? Whatever do you mean, caveman? <laughs> I hope you guys are looking forward to more die. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to do this because like. It's like we have opinions on these things. We talk about these things pretty much any time that we aren't recording. We're talking about some kind of tabletop thing.
1: Honestly, yeah.
0: <laughs> and yeah, I just kind of wanted to get our opinions out there, get something on record as we go into like this new lead up till 2024 when the new book comes out.
1: Well, I really hope Artificer gets some love. Yes, fucking please. They better include some fucking competent crafting rules. And I want, like, the biggest thing I want is weapon variety. I should not have to house rule hook swords in. I should not have to, like, wait for fucking five years for you to include the fucking boomerang. I don't care if it's a separate book, but I want some goddamn weapon variety.
0: I uh, I am worried you might be disappointed because given what we have said before about streamlining it's
1: entirely possible Oh I I expect to be disappointed which is why I'll be looking uh, I'm going to be actually looking around at some homebrew options like some people that like kickstarted like like I think one guy kickstarted a bunch of weapon option in a book and I might look into getting that book because like from what I've heard it's actually like decently done but, like, I should not be, like, I should not require homebrew in order to have <laughs> weapon variety.
0: Yeah, that's fair. But, yeah, I, I am cautiously optimistic. This has shown that they're putting things, like, getting a chance to, like, sit down with you, kind of talk it through, read it through, and, like, f- fully vocalize it. It's interesting to me, the changes they're making. It seems like they are making... Honestly, making changes that kind of make this system a bit m- closer to, like, other systems, like, with the, with, like, the almost, like, with the almost modular, like, race and, like, background abilities, it kind of feels like Savage World's been it, getting, it's getting, it's getting not, more of that. It's not
1: almost, it is, like, absolutely modular, because especially with the half-breed option, like, you're able to pick and choose your favorites with a lot of this stuff, which is nice.
0: Yeah, and, uh, yes, yeah, like, kind of taking, t- kind of taking, like, some of the stuff from that it kind of feels like some Savage World stuff. i um, getting like the leveled feats from
1: Pathfinder. Dragonborn Dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Claudie. <Blech>. <laughs> <laughs> no, you never take Fire Breath. It's not worth it.
0: Uh, unless they make Fire Breath good or you are playing with a DM who has ruled Fire Breath to make it good.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. You never take Fire Breath unless it's been made at least reasonable
0: yeah like I don't know like have it have it go like give it like a fucking like cantrip dice progression or something
1: yeah that would make it so much better especially because it's only proficiency bonus times per day or something yeah like keep it at d10 because that's a good like that's a good damage that's a good die size yeah just because a a breath weapon should be impressive yeah, just just make it more damage. Cause by the time you get two D ten, you got people out there who's able to throw out five D six. Yeah. Not that big a deal.
0: Also, something else they changed with Breath Weapons. Uh well they well for one thing, uh it's only chromatic and uh metallic dragons.
1: Well yeah, they like gym dragons get introduced later. Yeah. And the standard they
0: are all cones.
1: Huh. I can get behind that. Standardization. Yep. A little yeah, bit they, more, they all have uh, they'll
0: have 15 foot cones instead. I'm having cones. Instead, i having lines.
1: I can get behind that. I mean, the lines were honestly very, very lackluster most of the time. So turning into a cone makes it more useful. Yeah.
0: All right. Yeah. So those are our thoughts on D and on one D and D. On like the playtest material that has been released so far. Um, Cave and I will be keeping an eye out on. Unearthed Arcana stuff with that. And we will be coming back here when their next thing gets released. No idea what that's going to be. Could be the feats. Could be classes. Who the fuck knows? Could be more spells. (sighs) Sticks to snakes. Sticks to (laughs) snakes. Anyway, thank y'all for joining us. Until next time, I'm dead. I'm Cave. Bye. Goodbye.
2: Have a wonderful time.